Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, how's everybody doing? Your host, Jeff Lloyd here, uh, sponsored tonight by MyBookie.com. Uh, I'd mentioned, guys, we we're going to start to do monthly features. Obviously, we had Mark Sessler on for you know one of those weeks. Uh, the next week, we had Ben Albright. This week, we were going to have, from the Browns Wire, Real GM, Lions Wire, Titans Wire. Look, if you read it, it was probably a good percentage. If you wanted to guess who wrote it, it was most likely Jeff Risden. So just going to continue this. We're going to have each one of these guys on you know, once a month in a weekly spot, usually on the same night. So Jeff Risden here this evening. Jeff, always a pleasure. And uh, what I'm starting to learn here is through uh, all these guys who cover the Browns, we could probably field a pretty decent volleyball team between you and Mike, and we can get some others. I'll just set. I'm fine with it. That, that's good for me. Yeah, I can, I can, I can hit still. You know, I'm, I'm not that washed yet, yet, yet. Keyword, keyword, always being yet. Um, Jet, uh, Jeff, obviously here we are. You know, obviously you can't really define an NFL season into thirds, but if you want to say we're at the, th- we're at the third mark, sure, we're at the third mark. Um, to this point, now, now we've gotten to see Baker Mayfield, and we're starting to get a really good taste of him. And I think the craziest thing is, is we went from Baker Mayfield wasn't the starting quarterback to, of this team. To Baker Mayfield, and this is what I keep telling everybody, is Baker Mayfield is now the best offensive player this team has. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Now, he's not always playing like that of right course. now. Uh, but he's a rookie. He's made he's made two starts, played another game. It's, it's a growth process. You don't expect him to come in and be, you know, the man overnight. Aaron Rodgers wasn't great when he first got into the league. You know, Andrew Luck is, is more the exception. Uh, to that, and and look what, what look what's happened to him. I, I at this point, I would take Baker Mayfield over Andrew Luck because I think the ceiling is higher, and I do still think the ceiling is higher. It's just the, the elevator is is not going up as fast as a lot of people expected it to after the the fantastic start. That's what happens when you're a rookie. That's what happens when you have injuries at the receiver position. That's what happens when you have not very good left tackle right tackle combination uh, at times. So I'm. I'm still very bullish on, on Baker Mayfield. I, I think he's doing a lot of the things that he needs to do very well. I think he's learning what he has to clean up. I think he's learning how defenses are going to adjust to him uh, and, and how how he needs to play against certain styles of things. You know, the, the Chargers did things a little bit differently than most teams. He's got to learn to see that, you know, that they wanted him to get outside and shut off half the field for him. That, that was their, their defensive goal. It worked. He's got to figure out how to, you know, maybe circle back or, or step forward in the pocket instead of going into the outside. Things like that. Little little things within the game to, to make those adjustments. He didn't do a very good job of that, nor would you expect him to do a great job. He's, he's a rookie. We're going to have to deal with that. That's uh, that's life with, with a, a promising rookie quarterback. If, if you look back to where we were a year ago, look at all the problems that we had with Deshaun Kaiser. I don't think a lot of people had any much faith at all, uh, myself included, that he was ever going to figure those things out. I don't feel that way at all about Baker. I, I'm very confident he's going to get it. It's just it, there, there's we've got to deal with the growing pains, and that's that's not always fun. And that's what I think. And as far as you know, Sunday, you know, everybody oh it was bad. And look, and you look, I mean, once you know that, that thing got rolling down the hill, and there was just no bringing it back whatsoever. And look, Baker even tried. And, uh, you know, King, obviously, one of the reasons King's in the NFL and is successful is he's a very smart player. He knows how to play the position. And that's kind of what happened to Baker there. But the thing I like about it is, is Baker taking a step back, because all it's going to do is drive him harder. It's not going to change him. It, you know, it's not. he's not going to wear on him. He's just going to go back, and he's going to work a little harder, and he's going to give a little bit more in practice. And it's not that he's been, not been doing enough. But, you know, Baker has the mindset of, all right, well, maybe we didn't do enough last week. 
And that's just the way the guy is wired. And that is what you want. Um, I do think the most impressive thing that came away from Sunday, and I, I guess we can start with it here, is, Jeff, I know you were on a lot during the offseason, and you know I talked about it with Pete Smith a lot, and not enough insurance was addressed to the wide receiver position. And it's not that you know Corey Coleman got hurt, and it's not that Josh Gordon you know did Josh Gordon-like things. They moved on from these guys. But the same thing still presented itself was they did not leave enough there. So, but I do want to, you know, you know, Callaway, look, he's doing everything he can. Um, obviously, you know, we weren't high on the pick as much as we realized he was most likely going to be a John Dorsey target. Um, but he's out there. You have no choice. You're not going to find something else right now. Who And the other thing, everybody, oh, we'll do this, do that. You've got to learn a playbook, guys. These guys need to be in the building at least 10 days before you can even count on the contributing. Um, Damian Ratley, look, as bad as the big touchdown drop was, I love the fact that Baker don't care. If you're open, I'm going to keep throwing it to you. And, and I right. think with Ratley, you saw a little something there. And Ratley brings something. You know, Willie's brings it, but not a lot of these other guys in the wide receiver core do. They bring a big, legit NFL body. Yeah, and that's that. You know, the way that Baker likes to operate. You know, outside of of the basic scheme, when when receivers are coming back to him, the bigger they are, the better. And uh, it, Callaway, Callaway's tough to trust. And it was tough to trust him off the field from from what he did at Florida. It was tough to trust what he did on the field there because, well, a he wasn't on the field a lot, and b their quarterback situation was awful. Uh, he does not he does not understand when and where he needs to be on routes yet. That's a problem. And uh, you know, to your point, you know, we, we brought in Brashad Perriman. Okay, I'm I'm okay with with them giving him another shot. He's still young. He he obviously wasn't good in Baltimore at all. Yeah, but, but here's you know, I mean has talent checks the box yes. as an athlete. You're not bringing in some guy who looked really good playing at Division three East Jabip State. Right, exactly. And it's worth I I always advocate giving draft bus one shot. Um, I don't know why Greg Robinson has gotten another one with Cleveland. He doesn't deserve it. Um, but that that's for a different time. But so I'm 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 okay with him trying it. But you have to understand that this this was a guy he couldn't ever stay healthy in Baltimore, and he couldn't catch the ball. What's the biggest problem that the Browns receivers have right now? Catching the ball. Nine point eight percent of Baker Mayfield's throws have been dropped. That's the highest percentage in the league. The next highest is six point eight percent. That's that's astronomical, and that's not on Baker. Uh, as much as you want to, you know, it's a two-way street. Uh, he ain't the one trying to catch the ball. You know, Giselle ain't out there catching for Tom, and, and these guys aren't catching it for him either. Uh, and some of that is, you know, Jarvis Landry had a couple of drops. You know, that's uncharacteristic for him. The the Chargers were brilliant in taking Jarvis Landry away and making the other guys beat him, and and they couldn't. And that's some of that is the fact that, you know, David Njoku – is is good but he isn't there yet as a route runner he's still not when and where he needs to be at the proper time all the time um duke johnson for whatever reason doesn't get involved in the passing game i that i don't know why i i he's, really he's don't gotta know. have like naked pictures of hugh's wife or something at this point I, or I, haley's i don't, I don't know, know what man. the deal it, is it's, and it's even i don't get that at all that's shit crazy because you handed him money here, here's right. more money. Here's the caveat. Oh, you didn't check. You didn't look at page two, huh? We paid you more, but you're actually not really going to play. So that's how that worked out for you, dude. I don't, I don't get that at all. I mean, they have, they have. They, okay, people are going to complain about Carlos Hyde. I know Pete Smith is going to complain about Carlos Hyde. Carlos I'll is doing honest, okay. I'm, I'm even worse. If, if you can imagine someone being harder, it's me. 
Well, he, yeah, I, and you know, he. I'd like him to be better. I'd like him to be faster. Uh, but you know, he's he's acceptable. He's better than anything we had last year. So now now you have Chubb, and we would all love to see more Chubb. Well, how do you do that? Well, one of the ways you do that is by getting Duke Johnson out of the way from the carry equation. How about you put him at slot receiver where he played last year and played pretty well? He was your team's leading receiver last year. Hello, wake up. Well, that's even the thing. It's not, it's not that hard of a situation. Then you've got, okay, you've got three tight ends. Darren Fells, a revelation as a receiver this year. I covered him last year in Detroit. I literally did not know he could go out and catch the ball because they never threw him the ball. He looks good doing that. You've got Seth DeValve playing one play. He's advertised as this athletic freak tight end, you know, who can get down the field and make plays. He's played one play. Uh, why, why are you not trying these things? That was the most frustrating thing for me uh, about the last couple of weeks, really. With you know, I mean, once once Higgins went down, uh, it, it's shocking to me how much this offense misses Richard Higgins. Right. Uh, no, no offense to Higgins, but he, he, come on, he, he's a he's a number three receiver on a good NFL offense, and right now he was the Browns' number two, and uh, it's clear that they don't have a a three or four at this point. Unfortunately, um, Callaway. It, it's way too early to write him off, but it, it, it he looks like he's going to be in the vein of Braylon Edwards, a talented physical specimen who doesn't always have it all together, uh, and you wonder if he ever will. Um, Braylon was capable of doing spectacular things at, at times, uh, both in college and in the NFL. He did have some good games in the NFL, and I, I'm worried that that's what, what Callaway's path is going to be. I, I think Callaway, you talk, a guy I would give you an example of is Tavon Austin. There might be a game where you just say, holy crud, Antonio Callaway was able to do everything right. But you might not see that again for four or five weeks. Um, so that type of thing. Yeah. But even still, here, here, I mean, and this is what bothers me the most is Todd Haley is not adapting to the situation around him. And, okay, exactly. we're, we're really light on wide receivers. No, 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 no. Wide receiver five, wide receiver six, you're getting starter reps. We're throwing you 52 balls, even though you haven't gotten serious runs since August. As opposed to saying, well, here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson in the backfield. Duke, you're going to motion out to the right. Just Nobody's seen it, so just be creative. And look, I mean, you can run play action. You know, Run it with Chubb a couple times. Run play action. Screens to Duke. There's so much more that can be done. And it seems you have, you know, we'll get to this with the defensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator is, it's my book. It's my way or the highway. I don't think you're. You, you, they're not looking at the position they're in. They have a bunch of young, talented guys. They have to find a way to incorporate better to what they do, and that is the most frustrating part about it to this point, guys. Uh, good, you know, good go good coaches put players put good coaches put good players in position to do their best, and that is not something that Todd Haley is doing right now, and that that is something that Browns fans should be very frustrated about more than than anything that Baker is doing or not doing more than the running back rotation, more than, than anything else on the offense, is the fact that right now Todd Haley is not, he is not un, like, like you said, he doesn't understand how to get the players that he has to succeed in his offense, and that's, that's not good. And I can tell you right now, if Duke Johnson, if you, changed, you didn't change one thing with this L.A. Rams offense, and they still said we're going to feature Gurley like we do, we do but they had Duke Johnson on the roster, Sean McVay would say, I've got to come up with five or six plays this week for Duke Johnson. Because that's what you do when you're a good offensive mind. You exploit what you have. It, 
just frustrating to this point, guys. You know, you, I mean, you all know it. Everyone's, everyone, everyone agrees on one thing, and they do agree on lack of Duke Johnson is just absolute, utter nonsense. Guys, you know, ever since I've taken over the show, people ask for a lot of football advice, fantasy, this, that, whatever. What do they want? They want betting advice. Look, guys, uh, first things first, I'd, I'd tell you to read Jeff's column that he does every week, just for the last of it, even if you don't take the betting advice. But what I can tell you is who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. So that's why I'm going to tell everybody, go to mybookie.com. They are your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years. The online reviews are fantastic. The app, simple, easy to use. You can do it right from the car while you're picking up a kid from dance, basketball practice, whatever it may be. I would only recommend a service that's been good to, to the listeners that have been good to me in the past. I don't bet often, guys, like I always tell you. But if you have to, go ahead, mybookie.com. Uh, they have uh, they have in game live they have in game live betting over under on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie right now is fluxed with possible new membership. So if you create your new account after see at 7 p.m. Eastern, they will give you a free $25 into your account just for doing so. This goes along with the same old standard my bookie deal of they will match your initial deposit up to what uh, yeah 100% uh, under a thousand dollars. So you put in $100, guys. They give you 100 do it after 7 p.m. Eastern. Your account now has 225 And no, you can't just check out at that point, guys. It doesn't work out that way. New promo code associated with the uh, free $25. Locked on 25 capital L, capital O. Go ahead and visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. MyBookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, Jeff, uh, the defensive side of the ball. Um, Denzel Ward, which I told you I kind of had some reservations about it, number four. Yeah, those are all gone. Um, and guys, there was some talk about this, that the Browns, this was, we, you know, oh, well, the Browns, it seemed that they really liked him early in the process. Anybody listening to the show, Jeff Risden told you that. And Jeff Risden came away from the combine in Indy and told you that the Browns were really excited about Denzel Ward, and it seemed like he was a real possibility. But give me some thoughts here on Denzel, Jeff, and then we'll get into the defense a little bit. Oh, he has been so, such a blessing to watch. You know, Every defense needs a number one corner, and this one has. The Browns haven't had one since Joe Hayden in his heyday, and uh, it's it's fleeting, but it's it's so much fun to watch Ward operate. He is such a good football player, um, and and you don't say that about a lot of, of great corners, but but he is a good all around football player. He can cover, he can tackle. He's not he's willing to go up and run support. He can hit. He can do so many things. He makes plays. He takes the ball back. It's, it, he's everything that they wanted from him and more at this point, and I, I know that they're ecstatic about what they have. Uh, they were like like you just thank you for giving me credit by the way. Um, what, how they talked about him down in Indy and the potential that he had, um, and how how the you know the the sparkle in the person who I talked to's eyes when when we talked about Denzel Ward versus uh, remember Micah Fitzpatrick was who everybody had. Yep. as the cornerback um the, the life just wasn't in this person's eyes when i talked to him but when i talked about denzel ward he's like oh yeah and uh it, it's coming true and that's really cool to see that they trusted their scouts and they trusted their own internal process and defied convention and stuck with it and they they are being rewarded with a guy who is probably going to be the the defensive rookie of the year well, I mean, he's got a good battle with Derwin James and others, but um, the turnovers have been absolutely key. And that's the thing, because, I mean, you look at what he's going against week in, week out, whether it's the Saints. Uh, you know, the Jets you know, run out a bunch of small forwards at wide receiver. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Mike Evans this week. 
And, and look, you know, he's going to take a lump here and there. And, you know, Mike Thomas beat him for a touchdown. No crap. Mike Thomas beats a lot of dudes for a touchdown. He's great. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're talking about one of the top three or four in the game. But the fact that he can turn the ball over is a huge thing. And, I, and I, it was Ben Albright who put out the quote today. He said he was talking about an NFL defensive coordinator. And, you know, basically it, it, the NFL defense coordinator was saying it's not so much about thinking you can just stop everybody anymore. That's not really going to happen the way the NFL is, the way these coordinators are, and the fact that they will just spread you out and find a hole to get yards. Start coaching these guys to be smart, create turnovers, and that's what you're getting from Denzel Ward. And look, he's only even going to be better in year two because of everybody he's facing this season. I mean, he's literally got a who's who. I mean, keep in mind, he hasn't seen A.J. Green twice yet. No, you know, he's still going to have the Steelers again. There is still a lot more guys coming. The Falcons, they're still going to have to play. So there is going to be a lot on this young man's plate, but it doesn't seem like he's shrinking at all from the week-in, week challenge that he's being given. Uh, now, Jeff, obviously the rest of the defense, the defensive line, there's times where they are just an absolute, just, I mean, a rock band. They roll into your town, they, you know, beat the daylights out of you, take your <laughs> girls with you, and then there's times where we're not getting it. But I think part of what the problem is, and it is three overtime games, and the fact that they're playing well over 60 minutes a week, but I, I do think some of the fatigue, but this could be prevented. I mean, I don't care what you think about D-linemen 5, 6, 7, or 8. Even if they are not that great, they still got to take some reps to make it easier on these other guys, Jeff. Yeah, the the, the reps that Emmanuel Agba plays is ridiculous. Uh, he played, coming, he played off the surgery, most, he played, coming off surgery and then an injury on top of it. Yeah, uh, it's they're asking so much of, of Joby and Coley, who's who's had trouble staying healthy. You know that why do you have guys like like Anthony Zettel and Carl Davis on the roster if you're giving them five reps a game? They they do need to play more. They need to keep. They are better when they're fresher. You know if it, if it costs you an extra first down on a series because your backups are in and, and Garrett or Ogbo or or Joby are getting a blow. You know what that's. That that's that's okay because they're going to be better for the next drive and when they come back and stop that drive, uh, I don't think that Greg Williams understands that concept or believes in that concept is probably the better way to say it, and uh, it's frustrating because they do some of these guys on the uh, I've I've watched Anthony Zettel's career he's he's all right player he led the Lions in sacks last year for a while I, he, he's he's not a bad player you know they have some potential there. Uh, let, let's see these guys get after it a little bit. Let, let, let them try. Let, let's see if they need to address the depth more this offseason or if maybe some of the guys that they have on the roster now can do more. Uh, right now we're not, we're, we can't tell if they can do more because they're not getting a chance to prove it. Well, and that's the other thing. I mean, you're almost expecting them to come in as finished products into a new system, which you're really asking a lot of. But look, I mean, there is no reason that Ogunjobi, you know, uh, you know Meter, uh, I'm sorry, Coley, Agba, Miles have to be in on every snap together. I mean, if you want to say, all right, look, we're going to take Miles out for two plays, put somebody in there. Okay, Miles is going back in, that's fine. Yank out Larry Ogunjobi, put somebody in. Just enough where these guys at least can come off and get a blow. Because, you know, I, I do wonder if this is what happened to Joe on, on Sunday. Because, I mean, you know, you, look, you know, as, as solid as Joe Schobert is, you can't tell me that he can't come off the field for a couple of reps to catch a blow and make sure he's ready to go back out because you know this keeps happening. You know, and now now the linebacking core is thin. Obviously, um, you know, Burgess. I don't know if the injury is season ending, and that's maybe why they cut him. Hopefully, they can bring him back and put him on IR. But that was an odd cut for me, just because I thought he was part of the rotation. And this is a team 
that needs guys to rotate in, and they were kind of okay with Burgess, but they shipped him out, so it was odd that way. But, uh, you know, the linebacking core here now, uh, Jamie Collins, you know, not a lot of guys don't want to say it. Uh, Jamie Collins, you know, I, I hope you, yeah, you know, don't take your check. Just don't take your check for Sunday because you didn't deserve it, buddy. Um, but the rest of the linebacking core, now it's going to be even different this week. We're going to get to see Jannard Avery doing more traditional linebacker things. So now that it does make me worry because now that he's going to go fill the need at will, what are they going to do with the defensive line? Is it going to be another 80-snap week for everybody involved? But I am looking forward to see Jannard Avery, Kirksey, and Jamie Collins. Uh, you know, the clock is ticking here, dude. <laughs> you know, doesn't it look like he's playing in slow motion at times? Jamie Collins. I, Absolutely. I, Dude, how do you get blocked by Phillip Rivers? I, I don't know. Twice um, on the same play. You know, but the thing is, he does still make some plays. He's not. He's not awful. He's not. He's not a bad player. He just doesn't seem to bring it every play. I don't know if that's ever going to change from him. And it does make you wonder if that's why New England gave up on him and didn't want to pay him. Well, that um, and, you know, he said out, you know, off the field, football didn't really matter much to him. So, you know, Bill Belichick, you're gone. Okay, yeah, you're out of no here. Kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and he'll, he, he will probably not be back next year, but you got to play him this year because right now your backup linebackers are Tanner Vallejo and some guy named Woodson Musser, who I don't know. Yeah. I, I literally, I, I can, I'll be honest, I know zero, absolutely zero about the guy. And look, Navarro Bowman came in. Obviously, there wasn't much there, which is a shame because you feel bad for about the way. I mean, Navarro Bowman healthy would still be employed in the NFL today. It's, oh, heck yeah. And and it's weird because I, I was shocked that he came in because he, he had, I know for a fact that he, he was contacted by other teams this summer and said, no, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not playing anymore. So the fact that he even came in is interesting to me. Um, and it, the fact that the Browns passed on him probably means that he probably is done. Uh, and I think that's more on him than it is on the Browns, too. I'll, I'll say that. Um, this is a time where, you know, if if you have some creative scheme where you're going to, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Jannard Avery can do as a linebacker as well. Unfortunately, that's not what he has shown that he does all that well. Uh, maybe he will magically, you know, Turn into a guy who can cover a tight end. The 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 Bucks happen to have two of them that are pretty good, so that's that's a little scary. But the, the, he's been good as a pass rusher, and I, I wrote about him today for Brownsville. Yep. I I, th- I think he's got a golden chance to succeed if they if they unleash him in the blitz packages. Greg Williams likes the blitz, so that this is a great situation for him to attack. Uh, but but you know the depth behind him, it, it's rough. They're gonna miss. They're gonna miss Schobert a lot. Joe Schobert did a lot of the the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Like he was the guy who carried the the tight end to the safety um, as far as it needed to go. He, if you saw on the on the the two plays where he actually got he wasn't in coverage, but he was running with um, what was his name for for the the wide receiver who got the two touchdowns or the, Williams. the, the yes Williams. Williams. That was Schobert running with him. And continuing to run with him way down the field because the safety wasn't there. Uh, that th- th- on most plays he wouldn't even be, you know, the, the middle linebacker for a lot of teams wouldn't even be anywhere near that. I, I guarantee if that's Tampa Bay, their guy ain't anywhere in that picture. And you know he he was the, he was the guy who would take on the lead block because he knew that Jamie Collins could could get in and had a better angle at the tackle. He was such a a facilitator like that as well as a finisher, and that's. That's not going to be easy to replace. You know, Christian Kirksey is good, but he's not that kind of guy. And uh, I, I'm worried about the the middle of the field defense with that. Uh, and I don't trust the depth at all. Um, you know, Woodson, whatever his name is, um, I, I really need to learn who he is. 
Uh, you know, we all Vallejo, he's a special teams guy who's had concussion problems, so I'm not real keen on on what he offers there. You know, there there there's potential for you know more Derek Kindred. That'd be okay. He, he can play a little bit. Uh, but you know, this is get well soon, Joe. That's that's the long and the short of it. Please get back soon. We yeah. need you. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of funny, you know. Uh, he's vastly vastly uh, underrated league wise, um, but in Cleveland they understand how important Joe is. And look, you know, Jabril Peppers, Derek Kindred, maybe some of these guys are going. One of these guys going to have to start seeing nickel and dime reps at linebacker. I will say on Peppers, though, look, in the Baltimore game, you saw a little cover two with a big hit on the sideline. You saw a vicious hit that probably was a penalty or probably should have been fined the way the league is nowadays in the end zone. But once you got him back to being a little bit more comfortable in his role, maybe now you can start to ask him to do a little bit more. So, But somebody's going to have to step up here because you're losing a guy who took basically every damn snap. So look, either way, at the end of the day, somebody is going to have to step up here. Jeff, some words here about the the rest of the secondary. Um, I I don't think we ever realized how important Terrence Mitchell was going to be. And, you know, obviously, no no kidding. Right? EJ Gaines one week, real good. EJ Gaines the next week, not so good. But some word here on the secondary. You know, uh, the biggest disappointment for me is is that Travis Carey, TJ Carey, whatever he wants to call himself, he can call himself not a very good football player at this point. And it's killing me because I, I am an Ohio Bobcat. And we get so precious few of us into the NFL. And, you know, he, he's, he signed the biggest contract ever for an Ohio product, which was like, yeah, this is great. And he's, he's, you know, he's not a Cleveland guy, but he's coming home to Cleveland, you know, coming back to Ohio. And, and he's not a good football player. And that's been very frustrating. He needs to play better. They need to find a role where he can do something well. Uh, he looked okay in the slot a little bit at times, uh, especially against Baltimore. But he's 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 not done. He's not getting it done. And you know, EJ Gaines has, has, has he's been this way his entire career. He was this way in college. He's good for a drive and bad for a drive. The inconsistency bug. It's always been there with him. He will at least make plays on the ball. And I think that that's the hope is that he can sort of recreate what Mitchell was doing. But uh, the, the the depth isn't as good as what it should be for the amount of attention that they've addressed the the secondary with. Uh, you know, Randall, I, I think Randall's been fantastic as a free safety. He's been everything you could ask for. And then some, uh, yes. such, such, such an upgrade from last year from when Peppers was playing out of position there. But he can't do everything. Uh, and uh, I'm worried that they're going to ask him to do too much going forward. And there's not behind him either. I don't know what is going on with Brian Body Calhoun. You know, I am a huge fan of his. He didn't play. Against San Diego, he played one. Or I said, saying, "Dang it, I had gone, so, I had gone all year without seeing San Diego Chargers." <laughs> um, didn't play at all against Los Angeles. Played one rep against Baltimore. So I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, he was awful in the one game where he did play a lot, and that 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 scares me quite frankly. But he was really good last year. He was your best defensive back last year. At least let him get on the field and try. Uh, he, he he's another option if you want to move Peppers. To linebacker or kindred to that nickel linebacker, like you talk about, Body Calhoun can play that safety role. So there, there are options there. Uh, I hope they, I hope they use them. I, I want to see my man BBC back on the field. Yeah, and I mean, it just seems like you know, uh, I mean, you know, look, everybody agrees. Yeah, he had a real tough day against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Juju Smith-Schuster. Well, yeah, a lot did. of guys have real tough days against Juju Smith-Schuster, and it's cornerback. Look, there's days where you, you just you're gonna you know you're gonna have your lunch taken from you. 
but it doesn't mean you just get like banished, and that's the weirdest thing about it. And it's not, and you know, it's not like it's a new defensive coordinator where it's a "What have you done for me lately?" Greg Williams knows what he did for him last year, so it's perplexing at that point. Uh, just, I mean, a, a head scratcher. If anything, I mean, look, and this is a year, and you know, look, for anybody who had the playoff aspirations, like you guys know, I wasn't there. See who you've got here. So next offseason, you don't have to turn over 31 out of 53. Find out who's here, who's buying a house in Ohio, or who's renting, exactly or who's right. or who's going to be in a bed and breakfast you know, in another city in a week, or another city next month, or another city next year. Find out who is here long term. Because at the end of the day, you might only need, in the offseason, 10, 12 guys, as opposed to replacing 31 of the 53. Guys, Chris Manning, Locked On Cavs, opening night uh, for all you know, all my Ohio listeners. Uh, you know, Browns fans, Cavaliers fans, enjoy the season, guys. Look, whatever becomes of it, becomes of it. But it's a, I don't want to say it's the start of a new era. It is the start of a new time. Chris Manning, Locked On Cavs, is going to go ahead and drive you right on through that. Um, now, Jeff, uh, two, three, and one here through six. Look, two wins. I'm ecstatic with the fact that first five out of the six. They went into a fight, and they went to the final bell. Um, very, very impressive. Look, last week, this these things happened, and we've talked about this with other guests on the show. There's times where you go into an NFL game, and none of it is going to make sense, and you just come out on the wrong end. Let's hope this past Sunday was one of those days. Um, what are you foreseeing here? Obviously, uh, you know, 10 more ball games to go, headed down to Tampa. This is a winnable game. Um, yeah, hopefully, it, you know, me, Pete, and some others have talked about it. This is a game where maybe the offense can go and kind of feel good about themselves, like they're kind of let loose at the buffet. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, open that belt up. <laughs> hit that hit that shrimp cocktail table a few more times. Yeah, the, the, the potential is absolutely there. Tampa Bay's not a good defense, and you know their best safety was Chris Conti. He's awful, and now he's hurt. <laughs> they are definitely vulnerable. Uh, if you've seen what they've they've given up this year in, in defensively, it's they are. This is a game where the offense can right a lot of wrongs, and I hope that they do. They don't particularly rush the passer all that well. So this is a time where you can get more confidence in, in Desmond Harrison and, and Chris Hubbard. Um, cause they both need to play better, um, on a, a snap to snap basis. Uh, Harrison, the thing with him is, you know, he, he, he will have, you know, two good series in a row and then he'll have an awful series. And, uh, that's, that's, that's an undrafted rookie free agent starting left tackle for you. But th- this is a good game for him to get some positive experience. I think that the Browns can win this game. I, in fact, I, I am picking them to win this game, um, in my, my real GM column that, that's coming out tomorrow. Thanks for. Hyping that, by the way, <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I do think they're going to win. I think that this, they're in a good spot <laughs> right now to show some resiliency. I think that having guys on the team who are leaders, guys like Tyrod Taylor, uh, Jarvis Landry, you know, guys, guys who Christian Kirksey, I think fits this bill as well. Guys who've been in other systems, Amarius Randall, who, who have a little bit of a veteran presence and understand. What you said, you know, it, it's one week. It was a terrible week. This is how you put it behind you. You don't let it dwell on you. Good teams can do that. You know, bad teams don't do that. Look at the Green Bay Packers as an example. They got they got housed by Detroit. So a lot of it was the fact that their kicker was bad, but they were down 24 nothing to Detroit, which, you know, as, as much as I hate pains me to say as a Lions fan, you know, the, Packers are probably a better football team, but what did they do after that? They came back and they 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 rebounded. They figured it out, and that's that that's the sign of a good team. 
I want to see that from Cleveland. I want to see the Browns come out and, and put the last week's failings behind them and start a new thing and get a, get a win streak going because the schedule, you know, th- th- this is the time where they can make a little hay if they want to, but they got to play better. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not out of the, the, the playoff race. Uh, I don't think they're going to make it either. But, God, wouldn't it be nice if they're like, you know, four, five, and one or, you know, five, six, and one going into the final stretch of the season? I think that's still pretty exciting. In, in this year's AFC, that's you're not out of it with that. Nope. It's still interesting. And, and it also is giving you a chance to see who can rise up to the occasion as the games do get more important and more stressful. Um, to your point about, you know, who's going to be here next year and who's not, the, 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 you know, go to the tip of the spear, edge of the blade. You know, <laughs> your, your force in competition. I've watched Edge for Tomorrow today. That's such a great movie. Um, if, if you haven't seen it, watch that one. It's Tom Cruise's best movie. Uh, that, that, that's my, my cinematic take for you. But, yeah, that, that, that's <laughs> what this season is about. And uh, I, I, I am having a lot of fun watching this team. I'm not having a lot of fun watching the All-22 of this week, aside from the fact that the NFL Rewind has the plays listed wrong with what you're seeing on the screen. Always, I don't always a pleasure when they do that. Oh, I, you know, I, just, I don't want to see the lack of cohesive effort throughout much of the team that I saw in this game. And uh, even if Tampa Bay wins because they wind up being a better team or, or just, you know, executing better, um, you know, or having, having their, their playmakers make better plays, I can live with that as long as the effort is there. And it wasn't there against the Chargers, and that's what really needs to change. That's what I want to see. Yeah, and that was the thing. I mean, because, look, I mean, even if it was 2-2-1 two, two, and one through 5, you know, everybody, oh, well, they could be 5-0. and oh. Well, I mean, for me, look, cool your Jets, guys. A lot of kooky things happens in football. That's why it is. But the other thing was, is what you saw is they went in and went toe-to-toe. If it was a 12-round fight, they went all 12 rounds. That didn't happen Sunday. And a little of the taste of my went out of my mouth when, you know, I, I talked with certain media members who said, you know, Miles Garrett, Jabril Peppers basically ran out of the building like their cars were double parked. That makes you wary. That's not what you want. You know, I mean, you should understand, you know, after five weeks, you can kind of just say, all right, we're going to throw this one out and we'll go back to work. Hopefully that's the mentality everybody is working with this week. As we go on further, uh, Jeff, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll get this put and put together. Some technical difficulties here, to guy, guys. But look, uh, I'll take it to the doctor, the pod doctor, Scott Mason. <laughs> play like a jet. He'll hook us up. Jeff's kids are using up too much Wi-Fi. My kids probably are too. Um, but uh, guys, Jeff Risen's work, Real GM, Lions Wire, uh, Browns Wire, Texans Wire, everywhere. Go ahead. Always keep reading Jeff's stuff. Uh, best thing is, is you get a lot of information and you get some fun with it. And whether it's musical references, movie references, which he was able to drop here this evening. So go ahead, follow Jeff, read all his work. Follow the Locked On Browns Twitter account, guys. We're closing in on 3,000. Keep it a follow-back account. Uh, You guys are so great to me. It's the best way to communicate. I do get a lot of great ideas from you listeners in the DMs that I do employ into the show. So go ahead and follow the account. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, as far as the show, guys, everything has been fantastic. iTunes ratings and reviews, guys, please keep them coming. Um, the, the fact that you guys keep pushing the show to new listeners, and, and we're growing here each week, growing more and more and getting bigger, bigger. A lot of that is because the team is where it's at now, but also a lot of that is due to you listeners and the fact that you enjoy the show and, and you're pushing it on to others. And for that, I'm eternally grateful, and I do appreciate it. Until we talk tomorrow night, we're going to have Luke Easterling on, one of my absolute favorite Buckeyes. Uh, we'll just sneak in a little draft talk uh, with Luke, but we'll do that for the pregame show. Uh, Luke's a great guy. You're going to enjoy that. Hey, thanks again to Jeff Risden. Until we talk tomorrow night, guys, let's go Browns. LGB on the LOB. <laughs>